Good afternoon, everybody, and I hope you're keeping super duper well. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Find Your Model Health. That is Shemaine's Model Health official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert. I hope you're keeping super well today. This week I wanted to do something a little different and I wanted to read to you a snippet from Dr. Jason Fung's The Obesity Code book. I wanted to read some of chapter 20. It's titled When to Eat because I do specialize in fasting and I teach a lot of fasting protocols and types to my clients and I've been practicing fasting for 13 years now and I wanted to read this section of the book to help clarify and reinforce how beneficial fasting can be for everybody. So let's begin. There is nothing new except what has been forgotten. Marie Antoinette Long-term dieting is futile. After the initial weight loss, the dreaded plateau appears, followed by the even more dreaded weight gain. The body reacts to weight loss by trying to return to its original body set weight. We hope our body set weight will decrease over time, but that hope for reduction does not materialize. Even if we eat all the right things, our insulin levels stay elevated. But we've been addressing only half of the problem. Long-term weight loss is really a two-step process. Two major factors maintain our insulin at a high level. The first is the foods that we eat, which are what we usually change when we go on a diet. But we fail to address the other factor the long-term problem of insulin resistance. This problem is one of meal timing. Insulin resistance keeps our insulin levels high. Our insulin maintains our high body set weight. Inexorably, our high body set weight erodes our weight loss efforts. We start feeling hungrier. Our metabolism, that is our total energy expenditure, relentlessly decreases until it falls below the level of our energy intake. Our weight plateaus rootlessly, climbs back up to our original body set weight, even as we keep dieting. Clearly, changing what we eat is not always enough. To succeed, we must break the insulin resistance cycle. But how? The body's knee-jerk reaction to insulin resistance is to increase insulin levels, which in turn creates even more resistance. To break the insulin resistance cycle, we must have recurrent periods of very low insulin levels. Remembering that resistance depends on having both persistence and high levels. But how can we induce our body into a temporary state of very low insulin levels? We know that eating the proper foods prevents high levels, but it won't do much to lower them. Some foods are better than others. Nonetheless, all foods increase insulin production. 
if all foods raise insulin, the only way for us to lower it is to completely abstain from foods. The answer we are looking for in a word, fasting. When we talk about fasting to break insulin resistance and lose weight, we are talking about intermittent fasts of 16, 24 to 36 hours and onwards. Instead of searching for exotic, never seen before diet miracles to help us break insulin resistance, let's instead focus on a true and tried ancient healing tradition. Fasting is one of the oldest remedies in human history and has been part of the practice of virtually every culture and religion on earth. Whenever fasting is mentioned, there is always the same eye-rolling response. Starving? That's the answer? No. Fasting is completely different. Starvation is the involuntary absence of food. It is neither deliberate nor controlled. Starving people have no idea when and where their next meal will come from. Fasting, however, is the voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual, health or other reasons. Fasting may be done for any period of time from a few hours to a few months. In a sense, fasting is part of everyday life. The term breakfast is the meal that breaks the fast. As a healing tradition, fasting has a long history. Hippocrates is widely considered the father of medicine. Among the treatments that he prescribed and championed were the practice of fasting and the consumption of apple cider vinegar. Hippocrates wrote, to eat when you are sick is to feed your illness. The ancient Greek writer and historian Plutarch also echoed these sentiments. He wrote, instead of using medicine, better fast today. Plato and his student Aristotle were also staunch supporters of fasting. And then the list goes on of um, how fasting has been practiced right throughout history and how it still is practiced um, for spiritual purposes. Um, let's see, fasting for spiritual purposes is widely practiced and remains part of virtually every major religion in the world. Jesus Christ, Buddha and the Prophet Muhammad all shared a common belief in the power of fasting. In spiritual terms, it is often called cleansing or purification. In practical terms, it amounts to the same thing. Um, and then it goes on and on and on. And then I just wanted to read to you this little tiny bit. The human body is well adapted for dealing with the absence of food. What we're describing here is the per process the body undergoes to switch from burning glucose to burning fat. Fat is simply the body's stored food energy. In times of food scarcity, stored fat or food is naturally released to fill the void. The body does not 
burn muscle in an effort to feed itself until all the fat stores are used. It is crucial to note that all beneficial adaptive health changes do not occur in caloric reduction diet strategies, but do occur in fasting. So I hope that clarifies how fasting has been practiced for so, so long. And there is another part here that makes so much sense. Ask a child how to lose weight and there is a good chance that he or she will say, skip a few meals or don't eat. This suggestion is probably the simplest and most correct answer. And this is where we forget how our ancestors eat and we forget how we should eat because we're surrounded by an abundance of food and variety. And we're constantly encouraged that we need to eat and eat and eat or you're going to go to starvation or you're going to die or you're going to burn muscle or your metabolism will slow down. And these are all myths. It is more natural for us to only eat when we are hungry. I understand there are psychological aspects that many of us will eat when we are in emotional distress or have some personal issues going on in our lives, we will turn to food for comfort. But once we understand it is more natural for us to eat only when we are hungry, then we can start to address any other issues or relationships we have with food. So if you are looking for long-term health and weight goals or to reduce any sort of disease or even pre prevent future diseases, it is highly recommendable to look into some sort of fasting protocol. Now, The Obesity Code, it is an awesome book, but it's very science-dense. So, it is a great book if you want to learn more about how your body responds to insulin and the main drivers behind weight gain and poor health. Um, I do encourage people to read it, but just be aware that it is very, very science-dense and if you have not got a lot of experience in understanding how to break down studies or scientific terms, you might struggle a little with it. But yes, so I hope this podcast helps clarify some fasting and how it helps our body and how it's so beneficial to us. So have a wonderful day and I will speak to y'all next week. Bye everyone.